Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. You know, James chapter 1 tells us that we are to receive the implanted word that's able to save your soul. We have to receive that word. And that's a choice that we each have to make. Uh, You can come in here week in and week out and you can sit there. The music was too loud. It was too long. I didn't like the song. I don't like that one song that Lucas sang. I didn't like that one point that Tim made. That was to this. I didn't like that. Or you can come in and receive the word. And this is a choice that we have to make. You you receive the word. Um, And I, I want you to know on Mondays in our staff meeting, we look at what did we do wrong yesterday? What do we do right? What do we need to change? We all, and when we do, we want to be criti- critical of what we're doing and try to always get better. But when you come in here, make sure that a critical spirit doesn't take over and you don't receive what God wanted to speak to you, whether you like this point or you didn't like that point or this part of my message, you didn't like that. Or, receive the word. Receive the word, receive what God has for you. Well, today, before we move on, I'm, I was just backstage, we're watching live stream, and I'm overwhelmed by our, all of our camera crew and the work that y'all are doing on live stream right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know if you're noticing, but we've gone to a whole new level uh, just in the last few weeks, and uh, I might encourage some of you that are here every week, you might want to go back and watch this live stream because um, it's good. It's really, really good. The Holy Spirit is able to move and minister to people without jank and jive taking over uh, and causing people not to hear what God has to say to them. Thank you, all you who are working so hard behind the scenes to make everything work that we do. In Hebrews chapter 11, we read what's referred to as the hall of fame of faith. Verse one, by faith Abel. Verse five, by faith Enoch. Verse seven, by faith Noah. Verse eight, by faith Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, the people of Israel. That'd be Esther, Elijah, Elisha, on and on and on. Verse 31, by faith Rahab. On Wednesday nights this whole year, we've been in a study of these great leaders of our faith. And the Bible lists them as great people of faith. And in our study this year, we, we've certainly seen that these people were very far from perfect, very far from perfect. This list of what the Bible calls great people has always been a draw to me because I can't think of anything better than God to say you were a great person of faith that you're listed in this list. So I want to learn from this list. I want to study. I want to see what they did. Um, How do I get in this list? And this is what our Wednesday nights have been ever since about the first of the year. We're finishing this series. Paul will be wrapping us up in this series this Wednesday night, and we're going to be moving on. But boy, we've learned some life changing lessons from each of these people that we've studied. And overall, I I look back over all that we have gone through, and I've been thinking about this the last few weeks because we're drawn to the end of this series. What do we see? What Overall, what do we see as a common denominator with these people? I'm big into common denominators because if you don't recognize them, then you don't change. You can just, you can be oblivious to what needs to change in your life. 
Uh, you've had seven jobs in the last six years. I'm aware the boss was a jerk and the co-workers and they cheated you and this one. I'm aware of that, but I'm also aware of a common denominator here. You've been in four different schools in the last three years and this principal was horrible and that teacher was wrong and they jacked you around it. But there is a common denominator here. You know, and if you don't see common denominators, then you're oblivious to what needs to change in your life. So I, I look at what's the common denominator as we're wrapping up our series that we've been in these last five months. What, what's the common denominator here? Well, we look back at all of them. Noah got drunk. Abraham and Sarah were, they lied. Isaac was a horrible father, horrible husband, disaster. Jacob schemed with his mother, uh, cheated, lied. Moses, in a fit of rage, murdered a man. Rahab was a prostitute. These were not perfect people, yet they were listed as people of great faith. Well, what is the one common denominator in all of this that we've been studying? And, and it, it's really clear. In every case, that God used people powerfully. In every case, they defeated what tried to defeat them in their life. They had to defeat what was trying to defeat them. Rahab, you think about her making a living as a prostitute, and then God wants to use her mightily. She would be a prime candidate to tell God why she couldn't do this. And that, well, see, I can't, you know, I can't do this. Oh, Tim, I've had such a bad past and what happened to me when I was nine years old and what happened to me and this happened to me. Rahab steps up to the plate and does what God's laid on her heart to do in spite of what happened, in spite of what has happened in her past. I, I just think about today, the, if, if therapy clinics would have been popular back in that day, like they are today, th this list would not be people of great faith. It would be a list of people who made counseling therapy clinics rich because all of them could have spent their whole life getting therapy for what they did in their past. As long as we've had playgrounds since the invention of the very first playground, I can assure you there was a bully on it. Bullies are created in playgrounds. That, that's where they happen. And for hundreds of years, we just got over it. We just sucked it up. We got over it. We returned the punch or we didn't. The guy was too big for us to whip. And so we just went back to class and wiped our face and went back in. And but Bullies just come with playgrounds. That's what they did. As a matter of fact, when I was in the seventh grade, my family took me out of the school I was in. My dad had taken a job at a hardware store in town working for his dad. They took me so that after school, then I could walk. is about a mile and a half to the, where my dad worked, and then I could finish out the day at that hardware store with him. And, and I didn't grow until later in life, and so I was really, really small. And, and, every, and I had to walk through a real... Back then, it was a sketchy part of town, so it's beyond sketch. Where, so anyway, they had my pack. I can't imagine them had me walk there anyway. Now that I look back over it, I need counseling for that. But they made me walk down here. And I'm not going to say every day after school, but it was more days than not. There were two guys that beat me up. They threw me down in Hot Springs Creek one time. 
There was, a, there was a warehouse that we walked behind. It put all of their boxes of all the stuff, big mound of trash boxes. They beat me up. They threw me in them boxes. I'd lay in those boxes until I heard they were long gone. Then I'd get out and walk down. And this just happened my whole seventh grade year. I was, got beat up and it, it was terrible. Well, then I'd finally get down to the hardware store and all those guys there, they were waiting on customers. They were working. They don't want to hear about what happened to me. They were waiting on customers. And when I got there, my granddad expected me to get nails and put them in the slot where the six penny, where the 10 penny, where I'd refill the slots for the nails. And that was my job. And he wanted the nails filled. He didn't want to hear about it. He threw me in the creek. He didn't want to hear about all that. We got stuff we got to do. And so I don't know how I got over it. I just did what I had to do and I put the nails in the slot. It's just what happened. You know, as a matter of fact, speaking of needing therapy, y'all, do y'all know downtown Central Avenue where Maxwell Blades deal, Theater is? That used to be a movie house in my day. Now here's my deal. I was short. I get that. I, I didn't start growing. I was real short. But now me... And my date, we're in line. And I get up to the window to buy our ticket. And the girl at the window looks at my date and says, one adult and one child. I still need to be laying on the couch. You, you, I mean, you can't imagine. Every time I drive down Central, it just, I have flashbacks at that movie theater and what they, I can still see her face right now saying one child and looking down at me. I don't know how I survived that. You just, okay, here's my money and we watched the movie and got some popcorn. We just, hurts and pains and bullies and this has happened since the beginning of time. Everybody spends nine months in the womb and your mother invariably heard somebody yell. Now, I don't know how we were born and just went on and made a living, but we used to do that. I, I, I don't know how I got over what happened to me in my womb, but we, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm, uh, horrible things happen. And it could defeat you. The title today is Defeating Defeat. You, you got to defeat the defeats in life because there's a long list of them and we all have them. You got to defeat the defeat. John 10, 10, we have an enemy. He is here to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to take you out. He wants to take you out. And we all have hurts. We all have pains. We all have losses. We all have disappointments. Now you can let the enemy take you out or you can defeat what tried to defeat you. And you can live abundant, blessed, and happy life. Too many people are living sad, unhappy, depressed, and not living the abundant life that God has for them, they can't get over what's happened. Today, I want to talk about defeating the defeat. When the Bible calls us overcomers, we get all excited, wear t-shirts, overcomers, we sing songs, I'm an overcomer, Ooh, we're over. Now, I don't know if you ever pause to think about what that means. But for you to be an overcomer, it's not a, whoo, I'm an overcomer. No, that means what? You had, over, you had to overcome some things. You, and, and those things were hurtful. They were painful. They were difficult. And for you to be an overcomer, you're going to have to overcome what was meant to defeat you in your life. And, and too many 
folks don't know how to defeat what was meant to defeat them. I want to talk today about defeating defeat. The hurt of what you have been through is beyond measure. And today I've prayed hours over this. I've asked God to help me. I don't want to come across as cold. I don't want to come across as mean. I don't want to preach this insensitive. But you have to put your big boy panties on and live life. Okay, that was hard. Write this down. If you're ever going to live smiling, you will have to defeat the reason you're frowning. I came up with that on my own. I may go into t-shirt sales. If you're ever going to live smiling, you will have to defeat why you're frowning. I use this scripture a lot. Genesis chapter 4. You've heard me preach on it a bazillion times. Adam, Eve had two boys, Cain and Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd. Cain cultivated the ground. It's time for the harvest. Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel brought the gift of his best portions of the first lamb from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Well, that's clearly because of the instructions were the penalty for sin was death. Chapter 217, the penalty for sin was death. It wasn't lettuce. It wasn't carrots. It was death. And so this is the sacrifice that we were to bring the Lord. Well, this made Cain very angry. He looked up dejected. He was angry because he messed up. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Verse 7. Here, we talk about this a lot. Make sure you get verse 7 and 8. Cain messed up. God says, you will be accepted if you do what's right. But if you refuse to do what's right, you better watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. You're going to have to subdue it. You're going to have to subdue it. You're going to be accepted if you, you messed up, but you will be accepted if you will get up from here and now go do what's right. But you better watch out because sin is right there. Then we read right on in verse 8. What did he do? Well, verse 8. Come on, let's go out into the field. While they were out in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. Okay, that was not what was right. That's not what God said to do. We, we here, we just love CMA basketball. How about our teams this year? Both of them going to state. I'm, are you kidding me? Girls runner up, boys cutting down the net. That's that's fantastic. And I, and I talk about this because it so is life. We talk about this a lot. Okay, we messed up here. Just, the game's not over. Just go and do what's right. No wild, out of control, needless. Just go do what's right. And we see it all the time. You lost the ball. You messed up. You missed the shot. You lost the ball. And you turn around and before we get to half court, you slap somebody, you foul somebody. Come what, what happened here? We're, we're okay. We're okay. But in your anger, you go and do something worse than what. You don't respond to mistakes in life like that. You lost the ball. We can still win the game. That, that's not the end of the game. We can still win this. Don't let an early lead by the opponent 
get in your head. The game's not over. I'm still alive. The devil has whipped me a time or two here recently, but I'm still alive and I'm going to win this thing. See, the game's not over. Keep your head. Don't, don't go out and do what's wrong. Go here and do what's right. We've got to learn to live our life defeating what was meant to defeat us. Don't you let the devil get in your head and cause you to do things that you shouldn't be doing. We've all heard this. You, you lose the battle, just don't lose the war. And that, that's what we're talking about here. Church, nothing can defeat you if you refuse to let it. It can't defeat you if you don't let it get under your skin, if you don't let it get in your head. God never says, you messed up too bad for me to now use you. God never says, you have messed up so bad, you can never fit in with these good friends here. See, God never says that. God never says, because of what you did, you will never be able to live happy and blessed. See, God never says, you were hurt too bad as a child by a father, stepfather, by your mother's boyfriend. You can never be happy and blessed because of what happened to you as a child. God doesn't say that. See, your loss is so devastating, you can't possibly live happy and blessed. Church, that's not the way God sees this. The war is not over. God can win in your life. You've got to defeat defeat. I'm not ever going to just preach a sermon without giving you, here's how you pull this off. Tim, I'm hurting. Tim, I've been through this. How do I pull this off? I'm going to give you seven steps. Seven steps to defeating defeat. You can write these down. Step number one, you keep moving forward. You, you can't close the curtains and stay home. They beat me up. They threw me in those blocks, in that trash pile, time after time after time. And I drive by there all the time. And I forget about it. I don't even remember it. I could drive by. I can still drive by there and show you right where the bank is that they threw me off into Hot Springs Creek. I can go right down there and show you that. But I drive by it all the time. They don't even remember that. Why? Because I've, I've moved on forward. See, I'm, I'm, I don't, oh, I can't go that, don't go that way. I can't see that. It just brings back memories. It just brings back memories. The coach has to take you out of the game because it's so gotten in your head. You're ruining everything for everybody. Just come over and sit down. God doesn't want to take you out of the game because you just let what happened in your past so wreck you that you can't even function today. Stay with what God's called you to do. Stay with the game plan. See, God has a plan for my life. I was thrown in the pile of boxes when I was in the seventh grade. And it changed God's plan. Stay with the plan God has for you. Get back to the hardware store and get the nails in the cubby holes. That's the plan for you today. Get the nails in the cubby holes. We don't want to hear about getting thrown in the pile of boxes, okay? Put the nails in the cubby hole. We close at five. We got this to do before then. So wait, you, you've got to keep moving forward. Opposition comes. Facebook attacks come. All your friends defriend you. And all, I don't know how any of that works, but at any rate, the family members always twist off. Ever since there's been family, there's been family members twisting off. It's an endless list of things that can defeat you. You keep moving forward. None of that changes God's plan for you. It rolls off of me like water off a duck's back because I'm moving forward. To defeat defeat, write this down, number two. See your hurt, your difficulty, your past. See it as temporary. This is not the end. For years, my wife favorite quote to me, and she says it all the time, this too will pass. 
This too will pass. She doesn't, she tells me that all the time. Because it, it just, this too will pass. It's just going to pass. At my age, you can't count the number of losses, hurts, rejections, disappointments. Terry and I have gone through very best friends walking out on us. Our BFFs, best friends forever. Young people, best friends forever or until they get mad at you in a couple of months from then and you won't ever see them again. They're gone. Oh, I got to have these people in my wedding. They're my best friends forever. All those people in your wedding, they'll hate you in a couple of years. They're going to say bad things about you. It's just life. It's just life. I was ordained in the ministry in 1973. Jerry Savelle preached my ordination service. He laid hands on me. The elders came up. I was ordained in the ministry. And 50 years later, I'm still in the same church, preaching out of the same manuscript, preaching the same sermons. And all that I've gone through, that was very temporary. That was just very temporary in my life. It was a very temporary attack. Happened a long time ago. I'm, I forgot about it, and I'm going on to something else. You know, it, here as of late, someone brings up a loss or a hurt or what happened years ago while they were here in school or in church here or friends of us here, and they bring up that, and then somebody's mad, and they were hurt. I'm like, I'll have to call Paul. Paul, who were them people? So what, what happened back? Fill me, fill me in on that. And they're still wallowing in those wounds. I don't remember their name. I, I, look, I'm moving forward. See, I'm moving on forward. We, and life is way too short for you to wallow in what happened to me. I got things to do. I got things that I'm trying to make happen. And see, those things are very temporary when they come. I'm on to the next thing. Don't even remember nothing about it. Come on. To defeat, defeat. Write this down. Number three. See your situation as an isolated incident. Don't let your thoughts keep running on that. It's bad, it's horrible, but it was an isolated incident. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but there's 365 days in a year. 10 years ago, that was 36.50. Or 10 years ago, that was 3,650 days ago. Now, yeah, that was horrible. That was two days it was horrible. It wasn't the end of my life. That it was three days it was horrible. That was an isolated incident that happened one afternoon 3,000 days ago. Come on. We got to move forward. This was just an isolated event that happened in my life. It doesn't define my whole life. I've got to defeat defeat. Everybody at the school hates me. Uh, well, maybe two do, but not everybody. Okay, there's two, and they're not that big of a deal anyway. I got news for you. Not everybody will ever always like you. And so really, if there's only two that don't like you, you're, you're pretty good. Don't come in. Everybody at that school down there hates me. No, there are two that hate you, and you're running pretty good right now. Everybody thinks I'm a horrible person. Okay, well, there's 330 million people in this country. Not everybody thinks you're a horrible person. Three do, and they think you're a horrible person. My suggestion is there's 330 million people. Go meet somebody that doesn't even know you, and they won't know you're a horrible person. <laughs> Come on, it's, just, it's just isolated. See, 
Okay, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm try- okay, tone it down. Don't get my voice up. I'm not talking mean and insensitive. I- I'm just talking to a very sensitive era in history. And here's what hit me the last few days. I am too hard. I'm too insensitive. You could be way too sensitive. Could that ever be? Our past, I'm leaving this church. Our pastor's way too insensitive. Could it be his parishioners are way, way too sensitive? I mean, that, you know, that thought that hit me one time. You're so mean. No, you're too sensitive. See, that could be a possibility because you scored 100 and got the bonus points on the sensitivity test. I'm accused of too black and white, too hard, too insensitive. I could just be in an era that is way too sensitive. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't do this. I don't like it when people do this. I don't agree with doing this. But the Apostle Paul wrote in the Bible, he said, look, this is not of God. I'm not inspired by God. I have my own thing. Write this. Here's just what I want to say. The Apostle Paul did that. So, it's isn't of God. God didn't tell me to say this. It's just something I want to tell you. I think every parent should require children to watch a Western once a week. Now, I just think that's what every family, this generation needs to do. Here's the way it used to be. While wow, you're so hard, you know, your life's so tough, and they hurt my feelings at school. Get you a piece of that covered wagon and a chopping axe, and you head up through the mountains right there. Oh, it's so hard. I mean, we, we need to watch some westerns. And, and as a matter of fact, I try to watch Lonesome Dub. It's a miniseries. And I try to watch that on an annual basis. It just, it just gets my feet back down on earth. And Paul and I talk about that. That there's one scene. Well, there's a number of scenes. It's just, they're revolutionary. There's one scene where uh, these young boys, and, and they're driving cattle north. They're heading north in this cattle drive. And the water moxins got this one boy, and the he got, he got dead. His water moccasins just got him. So here they all are, and they buried him. So they're all standing around, and they got, and everybody's looking, and they know somebody needs to say something. And nobody knows what to say at a funeral of a water moccasin death of this young boy. So the, Gus, you know, he's, he steps up, says, okay, I'll say a few words. So it's, he, everybody takes their hats off, and they bow their head. And they're all bowing their head and goes, life is short. Shorter for some than others. We got cattle to drive north. Let's ride. (laughs) That's just a great scene right there. I just, let me say something. Life is short. Shorter for some than others. We got cattle to drive north. Let's ride. Put their hats on. Got on their horses. Here they went. Look, I'm not mean. I'm not hard. I'm not insensitive. You just have not watched enough Westerns, okay? We're just way too feeling-oriented today. Way, way too feeling-oriented today. To defeat defeat, number four, keep expectations realistic. Did you think? I mean, did you think that you're going to live your whole life in a fallen, sin-filled world and never be abused and never be hurt? Never be lied about? Never be made fun of on the playground? Did you think that was how your whole life? 
Did you think you're going to live your whole life and never have a loved one pass away? Not ever my whole life will I ever have. I mean, did you see this era of history is so sensitive because we're not very realistic about the way life is. This is life. This this happened. Who did it tackle me? It's happened for everybody. It happens for all of us. When they invented social media, you should have known the day that was invented, this is a platform for all the cowards to criticize other people because they would never say that to your face. When they were here, this was the greatest church. I was the greatest pastor in the whole wide world. It's only when they can get way, way away and criticize you on Facebook, they're not going to say that to your face. See, so when, when social media was created, you should have thought to yourself, perfect, a platform for people to criticize me. That's what it was made for. So I don't let it get me all jerked up because they'd never say that to your face. Oh, they're going to post about you on Facebook. Have a realistic expectation. If you have friends and they have your address, just know this. They're going to say hurtful, horrible things about you. It is. Come on. Keep expectations realistic. People that have turned and walked away from God will always criticize those that haven't. They will always, they will, the people will call you names. They will put titles on you. They will call you. When you walk away from God, then everybody else has to be a bigot and a hater and a mean and you're a this and you're, when you're not right with God, then you got to criticize everybody else. So you need to be realistic about that. I just want you to know when the day that you buy a puppy, you know he will be run over by a car. See, if you already know that, then it will make that day less painful for you. Or he won't get run over and you will keep him to a ripe old age of 10 or 12. That's how long they live. So when you bought that puppy, you knew this was going to happen in 10 years. When you bought that puppy, see, don't come in all jerked up. When you bought him, ooh, this puppy will chew the seat out of my couch. Puppies have an ability to identify your favorite pair of shoes to chew one of them up. They won't ever chew the bad shoe that you don't ever wear up. They're going to chew the shoe that you like up. That's realistic. So your life is not ruined when they do what you expected them to do. Defeat, defeat by keeping your expectations realistic. Number five, focus on your strengths. Focus your life on what you're good at. And on your strengths. I hear people all the time telling me about their weaknesses. To defeat, defeat, you pour your life into your strengths. There is a list of things that I'm not good at as a pastor. As a pastor, he is to this, and he's not this, and he's not this, and he's not that. There's a list of them. And you've got them in your mind of my weaknesses as a pastor. Get with me and I can add to that list. I deal with that. I know I'm not good at this. That's not my strength. But I can either water up, crawl in a hole, and die, or I can do what I am good at, and I can give it all I have to fulfill the call of God that's on my life in the areas that I'm strong in. And i got to surround myself with people who will make up the differences that I have in my life and help us do what God's called this whole place to do. 
You focus on your strengths, not on your weaknesses. And you focus on other people's strengths and not on their weaknesses. And you are blessed by people. You're not hurt by people. You're not disappointed by people. That's their weak area. And I know that about them. And so here, are you getting this? You got to focus on your strengths. Focus on what you're good at. Number six, change what doesn't work. You defeat defeat by changing what's not working in your marriage, with your kids, with your finances, with your thoughts, make a change. Look, there's nothing wrong with being broke, having money struggles every month, change. Get rid of everything in your life that you can't afford, get more money coming in than going out, and in a month or two, you're going to have a surplus of money, not a lack of money. So make a change. Don't live there your whole life. We've all had a bad marriage at one time or another. Don't live there. Terry and I had a horrible marriage. So we're not going to have a horrible marriage. We're going to have the best marriage in the whole world. Matter of fact, we're going to learn how to do this and teach people how to have a good marriage. You make a change. I'm not going to keep doing what's not working in my life. See, you're depressed. I get that. Okay, don't live there. Corinthians says, take my thoughts captive. Philippians says, think on whatever's good, whatever's lovely, whatever's pure. You change your thoughts and you defeat defeat in your life by making changes in your life. Don't live defeated, defeat it. Come on, make a change in your life. Number seven, bounce back. Bounce back. Well, you lost the battle, just don't lose the war. I was thinking here the other day, and I hadn't seen one of these things in years. I, I'm sure they don't even still make them. But they, it was a toy, and it was about this tall. It was a big blow-up deal. And it had a person on the front of it. And you, you, it was a boxing deal. And you hit that thing, and the back of his head would hit the floor and bounce right back up. Any of y'all ever play with those? Boom. Y'all look at that. I wasn't the only one. Y'all have a boom. And whoop, right back up. Whoop. I thought, you know what? I'm going to get one of those and just put in my office. Boom. Whoop. Right back up. You bounce back. You don't just lay down on the floor. You just come right back up. You just, before it goes all the way down, it's coming right back up. You bounce back in life. You bounce back in life. I can take the best shot you got. I'm bouncing right back up. Let me tell you, I've had lots of worse shots than you can deliver. I'm coming right back up. I mean, I'm, I'm coming right back up. See, I've got a call on my life. I've got a plan for my life. There's a purpose for my life, and i got to bounce back. Whatever you said, whatever you don't like, however you hurt me, whatever critical, i got to bounce up, and i got to do what God's called me here to do. i got to bounce back up, and I've got to go forward with what God's got for me to do. Bounce back. Don't lay down. Bounce back. God created a great life. See the beauty of each day. God created you with a plan, with a purpose, and you give yourself to fulfilling that plan, that purpose, and what your neighbors said about you and what your neighbor posted about you has no bearing on God's plan for your life. See God's plan for your life. See God's purpose for your life. And the other kids at your high school who don't like you, they don't alter God's plan for your life. Yes, we all got deep hurts. I was beat up in the seventh grade. I just, I'm giving it all I got to do God's will and God's purpose for my life. I just don't have time to feel sorry for myself. Because, see, life is short. It's shorter for some than others. And I got cattle to drive north. Come on, we're going to have to get this. We're going to have to get this. Keep moving forward. Look at life as a temporary event. 
see this as an isolated event. Keep expectations of your life realistic. Focus on your strengths. Change what's not working and bounce back. Live your life defeating defeat. Y'all stand. Lord, today we thank you for your word of encouragement to us. And we, with all realistic expectations, we live in a fallen world. We live around sinful people. We live around people that are hurtful. We live around people that are disobedient to you. And God, in the midst of all that, I'm blessed. I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. I love where I live. I love where I work. I love the people that I'm around. I love what I do. And Lord, we're all after your call on our life so that when we're done here, we can enter into your presence and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. We honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.